0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women of all ages, welcome to Bad Interview Mike. I'm Mike, and tonight's topic scuba diving. Grab your friend by the hand, buddy, like, give me some of that. Grab your friend by the hand, down, buddy, like, give me some of that. Grab your friend by the hand, down, buddy, like, give me some of that. Grab your friend by the hand. Why would tonight's topic be scuba diving? Well, it's going to be part of a series, that's for sure. This is not going to be the only time we talk scuba. But I want to give you a brief overview of how exactly I ended up doing scuba diving. When I was a young man, there were three books that... When the librarian would ask us, go grab a book, kids, I would gravitate towards three. The first one was anything about the Red Wings. I had a favorite book in the library. The second variation of a favorite book was a book about Abraham Lincoln. The third variation had something to do with scuba and diving. But I didn't know it yet. I used to be fascinated with the Titanic and Dr. Robert Ballard, who his life achievements are now being honored at the Woods Hole Institute of Technology. The interesting thing about Robert Ballard is he's dyslexic. I am somewhat dyslexic. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. But he made it anyways. He didn't let dyslexia get a hold of him or put, bring him down. He didn't even know he was dyslexic till he was like 60 years old. I just watched a fascinating documentary on Discovery Channel. Disney Plus has a great selection. And they're all in 4K high def, so the colors are just fascinating. Matter of fact, my buddy who's going to be on the podcast tonight, Nathano, he just bought, a, he got a new 4K high def TV, and I just... I look at the quality when we were watching underwater scuba videos, and I just couldn't. It looked almost better than when I went scuba diving. So I was interested in those books by Robert Ballard. And I had a sister that had a good sibling rivalry with me. She tried to hold me underwater a few times when I was younger. So I always enjoyed going under the water, so I decided I better learn how to hold my breath. So I would go to the end of the shallows and swimming area, and even though there were a lot of boats going by, I would swim down to the very edge where I could see the darkness, and right where I could see the fish crossing the edge of the sandbar. And I always wanted to go down farther, but I never had a flashlight, and I didn't know anything about freediving. So those were the early days. I grew up on the water. My mom would put a life jacket on me, and there was a swim from our floating dock all the way across the lake, maybe a eight minute swim but to me seemed like the pacific ocean and we would jump off the dock and swim under the water and i so i grew up with a comfortability in water that played a part i tried to join air force pararescue but they said i didn't have normal color vision which if you know anything about the military it's kind of a thing they use to force shape people into other things because i had never until age 18 heard that i was colorblind or color deficient. Those are lies. How do I know this? I failed the, tep- the test about four times at MEPS. I even got a signed and sealed letter from my doctor and the military said, whatever. I still joined, but I wanted to be a pair rescue man. I never got to do scuba with the military, but I got to do it afterwards. And I'm glad I ended up where I was, but I passed that color vision test about five or six times over the next eight years with flying colors. Even the military doctors admitted you don't have poor color vision. So it was proof that they lied. It's a lie. In 2018, I suffered a fall off of a roof and I decided that I needed to leave the place I was in. There was a lot going on with the family and there was a lot going on In my personal life, I had an accident where I fell off a roof while I was power washing. It was tragic, it was fast, and I would highly encourage anybody going above even five or eight feet to wear a harness. The fall damage and the chronic pain that I had from that was worth every bit of harness I could have worn. I had never been really injured before. So what happened was, about a year later, eight months later, my feet started to swell and go numb and tingle and burn and go cold. I had two jobs at that time. Full-time job, sort of part-time, but then full-time rideshare. I had just moved into Grand Rapids, so I was trying to get established, and at the same exact time I was trying to do that and balanced two jobs. And then this chronic pain came, and I didn't know what to do. I also had a terrible ingrown toenails that I had to get personally fixed because the military boots I used to wear pinched my toenails all the time and it created I had to get them, I had to get acid put on them and it fixed them. I haven't had a problem since, so I was working through all these different problems. <clears throat> and I had a series of a lot of family deaths in 2019, and so when, at the end of 2019, I graduated from university, ready to go out in the world, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, fresh out of the military and school, and then COVID hit, and I needed to get help with my feet, but I couldn't get into anywhere for six to seven months. Appointments were hard to get. After COVID and the a lot of family deaths, so I decided I needed to press pause on life. I needed to escape the madness. I didn't care if I was going to get in a boat and go to Cuba. I was ready to do anything. Thankfully now, after three to four months of heavily concentrated work, I have found that it's either uh it's a rare condition, on the bottom of your feet that can be caused from a traumatic accident. So if you fall off of a roof or you have a car accident, sometimes the sodium ion channels can get blocked in your feet or your hands, and I'm kind of wondering if it's that, so we're we're trying to figure out what's going on. Steroids are really helping, and I've been almost virtually pain-free for three days now. So that's why I felt I had the mental energy to finally start getting back out there working on some dreams, some passion projects, and I feel that a podcast is perfect. Today's world is so unfree. Everything is pay to play. But thankfully, Anchor has a free podcast app, and I downloaded it, and it's working great. I'm very happy. I got some lights for the studio here, a basic setup, and it's going really well. So I decided, why don't I go check out a dive site? And I didn't even go on this trip because of scuba, I don't think. I wanted to get away to an island somewhere, not too expensive, it's cheaper than Florida. You couldn't go to Florida for 15, 20 days with that amount of money. It, it, you just couldn't. You would need 10 grand or something, or. A rent, an expensive rental, unless you're going to live in the Motel 6. You just don't find prices like that. So I wanted to go somewhere nice and quiet. So I did some research for about a year. I found a place called Utila, Honduras. There's a chain of islands off the mainland of Honduras. There's Roatan, where you land on your Delta or United Flight. I think it's Delta. And... From Roatan, so let's back up here. So from Michigan to Chicago, Chicago to Houston, overnight in Houston, flew to Roatan, 21 day trip. I hadn't been on a vacation for a long one for many years, probably since 2017, I went for a week to Florida. Other than that, I've just been grinding in school and battling chronic pain. So. I decided that I needed to start a podcast, and I think it's easier than writing a book, it's easy to get things out, and when I have ideas, I'll bring them to you guys. I'll record them right here, you guys can go, wow, these are some cool stories. For this episode, I want to keep it very neutral. I want to stay on topic. So I get to Roatan, and I had never, ever been to Mesoamerica before. I'm nervous. I don't realize it until I get off the plane. I find a nice uh, person, she was a very nice person. She helped me, now, in a, in a third world country, I was always taught don't, or any foreign country, don't let people escort you to taxis or direct you to there, but it happened organically. I heard that she had a cab, so I was like, well, how far away is the ferry? And it's only five minutes. It's It's nothing, but think about this. This is what's running through my head. I'm in a third world country. I don't know anybody. The hotel is a 40-minute ferry right away. So it's myself and a couple debit cards and some spare money hidden, my passport, and I'm alone. Now, this is a very unique trip because out of all the travel I've gotten so lucky to do, I had never really done a solo trip for this long, ever. And I realized I was out of my element. (laughs) I was chain smoking cigarettes at the at the the ferry we we got off the plane the guys outside took our bags we we walked okay so let's back up we we are we're approaching Roatan and I'm getting more and more excited let's play this all the way through I'm not going to skip we 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 we're, we're about to land and I've got a window seat and I'm I'm talking this guy's ear off next to me I'm so excited the whole way I'm like alright I'm going to shut up now I'm going to shut up now and I just never shut I was like all right I need to shut up like I'm so excited and we start to get lower and lower to the ocean and I get a little concerned I look over the right wing and there's a lot of moments in this trip like that and I love that about travel because there's those moments that you that surprise you grab you they grab a hold of you they don't let go and so I look over the wing and we're probably 40 feet off the water I'm like are we gonna land in the water and nope land right on the tarmac. Small runway, not very big. I don't think a 747 can even take off or land there. Might have been a DC twelve. Smaller plane, United, or you knows Delta. So we get there and I look to the left and then there's just this awesome, like it's just tropical. And there's planes parked in their aprons that are really close together. We go down and we go down the staircase and we walk down. And I had a moment where I was like I'm not in Kansas anymore. I am alone. I just thought, I am alone. I'm like, be strong, and I was so excited to be there. It's an island, so they can't like take planes off of it, so any plane that kind of breaks down, they just kind of end up putting it off the side, and the tower, you land on the tarmac or like right here, and then the tower is on the other side of, like the road there's a road in the middle and then there's the tower above so it towers kind of over the runway and It's not on the same side of the road as the airport So we get there and there's a really nice cab driver. and I think his name was Emilio And he took us to the ferry when we got to the ferry I Was already speaking Spanish. I was already like learning right there and after I left I learned so many things, I actually went to a restaurant with Nathano, who's gonna be on later tonight, and I was like, uh, Senora, sor- uh, dos cervezas, por favor? And, I, and then I asked for the bill, I was like, uh, Senora, la cuenta, por favor? I mean, it's just kind—it's just table manners, it's just restaurant manners, it doesn't mean I can speak Spanish fluently, but it's kinda of cool, you know, you learn things and you're like, wait a minute, that came back to me so fast. So, I get there and we go on the cab of the ferry, the ferry takes probably an hour and a half before it really leaves. Easy check-in, not a problem. So we start heading across to Utila and there's a big giant ship on the left-hand side that has probably been sitting there for, I don't know, 10 years. Maybe it ran aground, I don't know. They just left it there. And so I'm seeing kind of things that just baffle me or I just ask what in the world, but it's awesome. So it's it's very wholesome. Now, a lot of you will say, well, you're a maniac. I'm never going to go to Honduras, ever. It's the murder capital of the world, okay? And you turn into Donald Trump. It's the murder capital of the world. We're not going to go to Honduras. We're not going to do any of that. But I went by myself. And there's plenty of male and female scuba diving people there on that island. There's plenty of expats. So you have nothing to fear. I'm just letting you know right now. Stamp of approval. You have nothing to fear if you go to Roatán and Utila now if you go to the mainland of Honduras all bets are off people get captured but there's plenty of expats that if you know what you're doing there's there's people on and on Utila that travel through Honduras by themselves all the time you just kind of have to know what to do and I don't I don't, I know that I don't know that so I I didn't go to the mainland so we get on the ferry and I strike up a conversation with well, we're getting on the ferry and they make us wear masks, but no one really takes it serious. Once we get up on the main deck, I'm like, We're in the open air. Why do I need a mask on? It's fresh breeze out here. Frederick? <laughs> so I take my mask off and kind of just put it on my ear or whatever. I have a nice conversation with a with a scuba diving girl there, and we talk about, you know, what made me want to come here, and I get pretty emotional about it because the emotion of the of the of the moment of of just being so far from uh, from America, and without the backup of the military or orders, or official orders or anything like that, so we get there, and we're coming in, and people are cheering, they're waving, people are freaking out. I think one guy even jumped off the ferry, <laughs> and I didn't realize it at the time, but all the places we were going past, I was looking out the right side of the boat. On the left side, far all the way across were the mountains of Honduras, which I didn't see until the third day because it was that foggy. So I'm looking out the right side, I'm seeing these cool houses and they're like million dollar homes. Michael Douglas actually bought a house in Roatan for like four million. I got a sense of, I didn't realize at the time, but all those dive sites where we did the night dive, where we did the moonhole dive, that was the same location. It's about 45 feet, 55 feet of water, 60 feet of water. About yeah, it's not that deep. Nice sandy bottom. We went, we went past all those dive sites. And then when I left, I was like, well, I dove there, I dove there, I dove there. I mean, we, we did a few dives on the north side, but we did most of the island. I did 11 dives when I was there, not including all the training time. So we get there and we pull up to the dock and we offload our bags and it's just like, the environment, I don't know, it was very foreign to me, the way things looked. I, I was used to being in a foreign country, so I had the persona of like a guy who knows how to move in a foreign country and how, how to just kind of act. And it really served me well. So I get in this tuk-tuk. I've never been in a tuk-tuk before. And I'm like, why have I never been in a tuk-tuk before? I went in wanted I think in Japan, but it was a human, it was, it was where the, what's that, What's that? Kieran, Kieran Beer Factory and I think it was a city in Japan called Asakusa City, Asakusa City, Japan, where the Kirin Brewery is. And I took on the bridge that's between the city. I took a tuk-tuk, but it was it was like a, a hand. I don't think they call it a tuk-tuk there. I can't remember. It's been a long time. So I get in the tuk-tuk and we go down. And it's not it's not human powered. And it's just the guy driving it is kind of mm, I didn't mm, I wasn't sure about him. I got a little weird vibe. So. I got in and I'm like, I don't know where this guy's really taking me. So he brings me to the ATM and i done my research so I knew the red ATM is the one you want to go to, which was obvious. And I had to figure that out and I had to figure out like a little trick or the guy had to show me. He's like, you put your card in. Not the not the Hispanic gentleman, but the um, there was an American. Luckily, here's another part of travel luck. There was an American ha- that happened to be standing right there by the door and I didn't have any Limpira but I didn't want to have a bad exchange rate so I got I got some limpera out and I pulled out about 5000 limpera for around 230 American dollars or no 100 120 American dollars which was or 200 I think it was 140 American dollars 130 and I was like wow that's a lot it like uh, and I I had done the calculations in my head I'm like okay 24 25 to their dollar I'm like mm this ride should cost definitely not five thousand so I he didn't charge me that but he kinda took me for like an extra couple bucks like the equivalent of extra six bucks right I didn't care really but the really cool part was the hotel owners were two nice German men and they they helped me kinda get restitution I guess that and they filed a report as they should and I, I thought that's really cool that that bodes well for the island it's a very good place to go I like feeling secure I like knowing that there's a little bit of security, people looking out for you. You know, you look at some of these places you don't know, but I've always, some people don't like booking.com, and the owners there do not like you to book on booking.com because they, they kind of rip you off. He's like, don't book on there next time. So, But booking is a great place to find out great hotels. It has never let me down. I have gone to Austria, Salzburg, Munich, Luxembourg, Strasbourg. I have been to... Roten, Rotenburg ob der Tauber, which is a the red, it's in German, it means the red city on the on the Tauber River. It's the oldest, most well-preserved medieval city in all of Germany. So I get there and I get to the hotel, we get settled in and he's like, we've got a night, a night guard, you know, he just keeps an eye on the property, it's very secure. i never felt unsafe the entire time I was there, except for the iguanas, they will stalk you in the grass. So I get there and the first six days, I basically told myself on this trip that it wasn't gonna be about women, it wasn't gonna be about anything else, it was about finding personal peace in my life and centering myself. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was gaining new social capital. I no longer wanted to play ice hockey. I no longer wanted to have those memories because I think, you know, for if you play football or baseball, sometimes kids do things because they wanna impress their parents or Show that, uh, you know, show off in high school, be be a jock, right? You have something to do. But after high school, I kind of lost purpose with ice hockey, and it, it was kind of a sad occasion. So I thought, let's go get some social capital. Let's recenter. Let's check out scuba. My feet are terrible. The pain I had in those feet were unbearable. Think about if your hand, if you slapped your hand from 25 feet on the ground and then walked, on your hand for two and a half years. And it started to swell. And then on the bottom, it just got red, like a disgusting type of red on both feet. How would you walk? Would you walk normal? Probably not. So the first six days, I basically took a trip recommended by the hotel owner. First place I went was Mr. Buddha. They had this sangria, amazing sangria. The owner, Mr. Pellman is an amazing, amazing person. This was the best person to see first, besides Dr. John, who is a cultural phenomenon of the twenty-first century. So, we'll get into we'll get into Dr. John here in a second. Dr. John Patrick McVeigh. So I go to Mr. Buddha and I get this amazing sushi. This wahoo ceviche, which is like you dip it, and it's got like thin sashimi layers of fish with like spices on them, and you dip that, and you put it. It's like sardines, but even better. It was just so good. I had some sangria, and I swam in the ocean. It was just so nice, you know, so nice. And there was hardly anybody on the island because during COVID, a lot of people left. And I don't blame them. You know, a lot of people could have had to go other places. and It's it's transient there. A lot of times people will stay there. I mean, but uh, I won't tell you everything about the island, but I'm going to tell you an overview of the story. I took a tour around, and I went to a couple different restaurants. There's a man there who has a restaurant called The Funky Chicken, and he owned a, a restaurant in Thailand for 18 years. So you can imagine how good his food is. It was literally the best Thai food I've ever had in my entire life. It was his food tells a story in the same way that Anthony Bourdain talks about in his, used to talk about in his show. His food tells a story. He tells you stories. I'm not going to tell you those stories. You have to go there and see. At that night, I went to go see the doctor. I was like, well, maybe he's got some ideas. You know, he's, he's a doctor. So I went to go see Dr. John. You should go see him if you go there. That's all I'll say. I've been sworn to secrecy. I cannot tell you anymore. And there's also an ex-NHL hockey player there. He's an older gentleman. He's a free diver, scuba diver. And he's a former goalie. I was like, that's kind of awesome. And so I decided to get a scuba mask on the third or fourth day, but I rented a bike. I rented a red Honda Navi bike, and there's two beaches there. There's the private beach, which is Chepes Beach, and then there's the... Uh, sorry, there's the public beach, which is Chepes Beach, and then there's the private beach, which is Bondo Beach. The prices are completely different. And once I learned how much I was paying, I was like, "Mm, I think I'm going to just pass on eating at this bar from now on. (laughs) Like, I would get my food and then bring it to the beach instead of, yeah. Probably wasn't allowed to do that, but I did it anyways. I visited pretty much every area of this island. There's a lot of places I still didn't get to go, so I'm just going to overview this real quick. And... So the beach there is phenomenal. The palm trees, the sand. There's two private Ks you can go to, and they're like a short boat trip. I went snorkeling out there, and I had never seen the ocean that clean. I had never seen water that warm, or I had never felt water that warm. I had never had an experience like that before. There was maybe 10 of us that went out to that island, that little cay. So I went around the island. Went around the island first in the in the red Honda Navi. They're very fun to drive. You have to be careful though, because there's a lot of rocks. And I found the airport there and cruised around with no helmet on, just a just my bad interview mic hat, and it had the time of my life. So about the third or fourth day, I decided to get a scuba mask, a nice scuba mask, and a snorkel. And it has a little whistle on it, which is cool. And the dive instructors like that. They were like your your snorkel has a whistle i'm like yeah i bought it with a whistle <laughs> and uh that was a funny point that was a really funny point so i went out to a place called neptunes and i think that's where i'm going to leave off the third or fourth day i'm getting a little antsy i want to hit the water it's like this i think it's the third day i went out to neptunes you got to take the road down and then you get in a boat and you go through the mangroves now note this you cannot go there and hunt for pirate treasure but Utila is a pirate island. It was filled with pirates in the 17th and 18th century. They have recovered, I think, $200 million of gold from the island or from the areas. But the government strictly enforces it. So just to let you know, I am not advocating for you to go there and ever search for treasure or try to go to the mangroves. But they said, yeah, the treasure is in the mangroves. And then I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And they're like, yeah, there's saltwater crocs out there. And I'm like, oh, so it's well-guarded treasure but that's where we're gonna leave you off for now tonight's guest is gonna be Nathano. if you liked and appreciated this I would appreciate it if you would subscribe follow share and tell your friends about the podcast because it's going to get a lot more interesting I want you guys to have a good day and remember stay bad uh, ho, ho, uh, you got me woke up the way you rode it.